Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host Aileen Day and today I am joined with an old friend of mine, the one, the only Danny Ginsberg from the Arbinger Institute. Uh, Arbinger Institute. I'm going to slow That's down. Gonna, That's how excited I am. <laughs> Uh, from the Arbinger Institute, Danny Ginsberg. Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Aileen, thank you very much for having us. I'm not so sure about the old friends. It means we've been we've known each other for a long time, not that we're old. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, we are young okay, at good. heart, okay. mate. Young That's at right. heart. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, for those of you who might not know who Danny is, Danny is a absolutely one of the most passionate development consultants that I've ever met. He has a strong eye for organisational needs and workforce competencies. Uh, he successfully has a background in the creation and execution of leadership and professional development programs. They've been fantastic to experience. I can vouch for them myself. Uh, and implementing <laughs> creative solutions to meet every business's needs. Now, I'm going to let him tell you the rest because I love learning about each of my guests and their their paths and their journeys that have brought them to where they are today. So fill in the gaps for me, Danny. What has got you oh. to where you are right now? I'd kind of forgotten that you've been one of my participants. Yes. Through a course, through many courses. Well, that's a, probably a good place to start because before that there was probably lots of world of retail, working in retail, working in training and development, um, had a big stint at Ikea, which was awesome before we met at the illustrious Red Hammer place, the big uh, the big Bunnings, the big red box, green box. Green box, um, the green shed. And yeah, the green big green shed. And we both had an amazing time and experience there. And um, really, I guess my career in training moved into learning and development there where we really helped leaders develop into awesome leaders of the future. You're one of them. Um, and that was awesome. Uh, looked after a leadership development team there. Um, which was great, kind of learnt new ways of giving, uh, learning out to awesome participants, helping people not just in the training course but out and coaching and doing store visits and dealing with the real problems rather than just here's a PowerPoint and now learn off it. Um, Yeah, and then out of that was um, short stint in the government, local government, can't talk about it, it's a secret one. Uh, (laughs) Uh, and then uh, into the world of uh, some consulting with a consulting organization, again, working with some awesome retail brands, uh, delivering some awesome programs from induction all the way up to high-end leadership stuff. Uh, and then uh, probably the big stint after that was Specsavers, um, an amazing brand and value-driven brand as well. Oh, these are all value, like Ikea, Bunnings, Specsavers, all value-driven brands. Um, 
and was an amazing seven, seven and a half years with them. Uh, had a team of 36 in my learning and development wow. team. So that was huge. We produced all of our own content. We did, every, again, everything from induction sales skills all the way up to high-end leadership training. Uh, through my career, I've been able to pick up awesome tools, leadership tools, uh, be trained up in a whole bunch of stuff, whether it's emotional intelligence tools, things like DISC, TMS, you know, profiling tools, um, leadership skills, leadership capability skills, people, culture, sales skills, uh, all of that being able to sort of add to my toolkit as we've gone through. Mm. Um, and most recently gone out on my own, think that I can add some value um, out to organisations and um, really sort of say what I've learned through all of that, through my world of retail, people development, franchising, uh, a whole bunch of different stuff. I'm very happy to talk uh, as you might be able to tell, and more recently been working with the Arbinger Institute, and I met them back at Specsavers days, and that was an amazing experience, and now very lucky to work, work with them uh, and help deliver this awesome content, which I just have fell in love with the first day I came across it, and kind of have been, oh look, it's here, I've been holding it close to my Aww. chest and been very passionately talking about this stuff for the last couple of years, and just to see the impact of it is absolutely awesome. So yeah, that's where I am. Uh, obviously, we're here in uh, you know this current global pandemic, which has caused all sorts of problems and challenges for everybody. But seeing mm. some of this stuff go to work um, in this environment is awesome, just absolutely awesome. Yeah, and we're definitely going to touch on uh, exactly that stuff uh, very, very shortly. Give me um, give me a little bit of an insight into what it is that makes you. Uh, froth over developing people. It's it's really interesting because it's probably the basis of outward mindset too. I, I remember many years ago standing in front of a training, you know, standing in a, in a room facilitating training and kind of get to the end of your eight hours of running a induction or a workshop or whatever and go, geez, I did a good job. Well done me. <laughs> I'm feeling really... You know, I'm feeling really good. Everyone had to stare at me for eight hours. It was awesome. I was the center of attention. And that, and then it kind of shifted in actually really understanding it's nothing about me mm. and it's actually all about the other. It's all about what the person got out of the workshop and are we, I'm presenting by death by PowerPoint. I'm doing really well, but they're glazing over or they're not getting it or they're saying it not as being a value add to them and their, their work life, their business life, their learning journey. Mm. And I completely switched. And everything that we've kind of done now is it's nothing about you. You are literally the facilitator of the learning. And to see people grow and develop and to see them bring their best to work, be their best at work, love what they're doing, that's the stuff that's really important. You know, to to meet people like you year after year after year, you know, we've probably lost track for five years, come touch base. But that is so amazingly inspiring to me to see people grow and you hear about their story. And the fact that you've got like a little part in that, like I played yeah. a little part in that somewhere. Yeah. Um, that's just an absolute thrill. That gets me excited. That gets me out of bed in the morning. When you really have that understanding of it's, it's actually nothing to do with you, <laughs> but it's the value you can give to others. And then that gives stuff back to you. Which yeah. Is awesome. It's so funny that you say that. I, I've spent most of my life being told by my parents, it's not about you all the time, Aileen. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why not? <laughs> what? what is this? Who said that? <laughs> I'll yeah, find them. Of course it is. 
But I agree with you that at some point there is a twist in the story, in the plot, and you go, uh-oh, hang on a minute. I actually am feeling more rewarded watching someone take what I've given them and turn it into this amazing outcome yeah. than yeah. the validation that came with me versus the validation that came with me teaching them. And I'm like, wow, yeah. Dad, look what they've done with that. Yeah. They're fantastic. And, and, and I think that permeates through to like almost every organisation. It's not, we don't sell a widget. It's what the widget does is, is why we do what we do. Whether that's an accounting agency that are passionate about what they do because they're helping people deal with the accounting stuff so they can go and live the, their best life. Or if it's, mm. we do sell pencils, that it's not, it's not just about making money and selling the pencil. It's actually what the pencil could, the pencil is a creative tool for people to write and draw and get their brand out there or whatever it is, you know, yeah. that's, that's when you see success. That's when you see passion. That's when you see longevity. That's when you see value. That's when you see an amazing brand is because they're actually, it's about what we deliver to yeah. the, to the others, not what we're just trying to sell for ourselves. And you probably see more businesses fail because it's just like, let's push this widget out onto the market mm. and sell as much as we can, as quickly as we can, with no consideration of what the other actually wants or needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Danny Ginsberg, this is yeah, oh, the sure. Value Driven Brand Podcast. And Yay. because it is the Value Driven Brand Podcast, every time we have a wonderful guest join us, they also come with their own set of value-driven brand tactics. And I know that with all of your years' experience that you have got a few up your sleeve and I want to learn what you know. So talk to me about how Danny Ginsberg would prescribe to business owners, to leaders, to entrepreneurs, to people just wanting to do better in life, how do you create your own value-driven brand? Good question. That's deep. Mm. Um, the, the biggest success that I've seen in individuals and organisations across my time is when we focus on our mindset being outward. Uh, that if we try and just drive behaviours, if we and try and just change behaviours to change results, it doesn't last. It doesn't happen. Hmm. Um, it doesn't have long-lasting impact or value impact. So you're wasting time, effort, energy. If you have to shift the mindset underneath it first, I'll give, I'll give you an example. You could very easily roll out a sales skills program to increase the sales capability of your sales team. Mm -hmm. You could run a two-hour online workshop, a two-day workshop. Like the delivery doesn't matter. You could run a sales workshop to say, let's upskill everyone in how to behave in sales. Seven steps to selling, whatever it is. You know, here's our magical statements to sell. To sell, mm -hmm. to sell. And but all of a sudden everyone sits through this class or sits through this course or understands these behaviours. And you've probably seen it before. There's kind of this initial shift and then there's this kind of this pull back to where we were. 
That didn't work. It didn't have the impact we wanted. Our sales went up for a bit and then they've come back down to where they are again today. Yeah. I very rarely have seen someone roll out a sales course that has had an impact that has then taken them through to the next years and changed things. The problem is that we don't shift mindset and we don't, sh- and we don't shift mindset in the right way because if we, uh, if we shift mindset in the right way, then we're going to have the change of behaviours in the right way, which is going to change the results in the right way. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about how do I drive value, I drive, I drive value and brand by delivering, by shifting our mindset into the right outward focus. Right. And I can explain that if you want me to. Yes, do. What does yeah. that mean? So we want to shift. So the, if you think about anything under, there's under behaviors. So what you see on the surface, like a, like an iceberg, what you see on the surface is driven by a bunch of stuff that is under the surface. Mm. And that might be your values, your cultural background, your motivators and your mindset. And people often say, yes, we need to shift our mindset. We need to shift our mindset, be better to deliver better on our results. Because that behavior will only shift once the mindset shifted to have long lasting, good value added benefits. What we talk about at the Arbinger Institute is we're going to shift to an outward mindset. So there's a difference between inward and outward. And you've probably seen and experienced both of these in your life and it kind of makes sense. And it's pretty easy to understand. So I'll explain it to you fairly briefly. Inward mindset is it's all about me. Like I was saying, like me at the front of the training room, it was all about me. It was all about being the center of attention, probably at the, at the cost of the other. I don't care whether you're learning or not, just it's about me. Mm-hmm. it's about delivering my results and what you can do to help me deliver or make me what I can make you to do to deliver my results. What mm. can I manipulate you into force you into control you into, um, you know, passively aggressively make you do. So inward mindset is where I focus solely on me and my results at the, probably at the expense of the other. To do that, I probably need to see the other as an object because it's hard to hurt people. It's really easy to hurt an object. If I want to hurt this pencil, I can. If I want to snap my siblings in half, then it's going to hurt, right? (laughs) Weird metaphor, but it's easier to hurt objects than it is people. I have five siblings. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So we we almost objectify the other that we use as a vehicle, an obstacle, or they're completely irrelevant. Like when this pencil's down there, it's irrelevant. Like I'm sure you've experienced in your time when you felt irrelevant by people or ignored by people that you just don't exist. You know, even in a workplace, you get walked past or you hear a meeting's happening. You're like, why wasn't I invited to that? You know, those sort of things, you know, you're kind of, you feel like I don't, I'm not being valued here. I'm not, I'm being objectified. Yeah. In a different connotation to the objectification. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we get you. I'm being object, objectified. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's about me. That's very much the finger point. I blame, I, I look at the others, I say they need to change. I say, um, you know, I, I can be really harsh in my criticism. I can also be, like, if I'm all about me, I can also be really passive and not have some of the hard conversations because actually I'm more concerned about my feelings than yours. So I'm not going to give you that tough feedback. So it can be some really soft behaviours, weak behaviours that you can see in there as well. If I'm thinking inwardly, I won't deal with that performance today. I'll, I'll do it at the end of today because I don't want to have that conversation because it's uncomfortable and I don't want to feel uncomfortable. And I'll tell them tomorrow, uh, it's 
It's Wednesday. I'll tell them on Friday because then they'll have the weekend to think, oh, I've, I've missed the <laughs> opportunity now. I'll let, I'll let that behaviour go. I'll pick oh it up God. next time they do it again. Feels like Yeah, my... right? So that's very... <laughs> I feel so That's sane. very inward thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's very inward thinking because it's about me and my feelings and my emotions and at the expense of the other. You probably need to hear this feedback. You're probably going to be better by this feedback. But mm. so, uh, yeah, so that's sort of some really can be sort of some soft, weak, passive stuff happening there as well. So it's not all about being you to blame. I'm going to yell at you and scream at you at the cost of. So that's very inward thinking. You've probably experienced organisations, seen people like that, experienced stuff like that. Outward thinking is where I actually take into consideration our I'm focused on our results, not my results, our results. And I'm actually focused on your results. What do you want to achieve? Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you want to get out of this? What does, what does the other need to achieve as well? Um, What does, what do we need to achieve together? And if, if I can make you look good and help you achieve your goals and actions, guess what? That's probably going to help me achieve my goals and actions as well. So we're all working towards the same thing. I see you, here's the, here's the kicker of Outward, I see you as a person. Oh, you've got fancy hopes. that. I know, crazy, I know, fancy that. I've got hopes, dreams, ambitions. You've got hopes, dreams, ambitions. They could be completely different, but we've both got them mm. because I see that you matter like I matter. And so, therefore, I'm concerned more about our results than my results. I'm thinking outwardly. I'm thinking about the other. You know, the good old finger point, when you're pointing the finger and blaming and saying it's all your fault, there's the good old three fingers pointing back at you, understanding you know what part what? it is that you play. I only heard that as a matter of weeks ago. How good is that? Yeah. Such Every time a you point great the finger, analogy. Three fi- uh, I think the one's pointing up. I'm not sure if that means someone else has got something to play in it. But uh-huh. anyway, you know, it's like three, three fingers are pointing back at you, which is really an understanding of what part do I play in this problem. And if I'm really inward focused, I don't see, I blame the other. Everything will be better when the staff get their BS together. Mm-hmm. The, the leaders need to change in this organisation. The board have no idea what they're doing. The customers are stupid. I wish they'd just do this. My clients have no idea what they're doing. That's all finger pointing activity rather than understanding what part do I play in this? What part do I have to do to help drive value? Do I actually understand what the other want to get out of this? Like we were saying before, like mm-hmm. sell a widget because we want to make sales, make money so I can go and live on a boat is completely inward thinking. Mm-hmm. What this widget does for the other and understanding that helps me drive my value, actually gives value to what it is that I'm driving. Yeah. So they're the two differences between inward and outward. And the, just shifting between those mindsets is a massive win and there's a massive gain in relationships, organisations, KPIs, um, like like actually making money, earning money. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some awesome outcomes of just starting to think outwardly. Yeah. I hope that gives you a, a brief on it. I love that. I, I really, really love that. And it is so funny when I say I feel seen. It's not that necessarily <laughs> that uh, I am the one who isn't willing to have the hard conversations, but many, many, many times in my career, um, you know, which spans decades, uh, there have <laughs> been, you know, I just look good. <laughs> uh, it it has certainly been uh, a 
uh, I won't say consistent situation, but it's happened a multitude of times where, you know, I've learned on a Friday afternoon at 4.55 that, you know, someone didn't like a decision that I made or that my my manager (laughs) uh, didn't feel like I consulted him enough before going off and taking action on something. Uh, you know, so you're like, why are you waiting till Friday? This happened on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been and sitting I, on this, festering, on festering. This. Oh, this is going to go badly. This is going to go wrong. Rather than just having the conversation, because I see you as a person that yeah. that adds value and and needs to hear this feedback. Yeah. I love Brene Brown's work. Where if you've seen it, Brene Brown's Netflix special, how good's that? And she oh, talks about what? why is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brene Brown's got a Netflix special. It's awesome. Okay. In that, she Writing talks about... Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Um, in that, she talks about why why is your comfort level in this difficult conversation important? Mm-hmm. Like, if you have to have a difficult... Why is your comfort level important? Think about... Like, if, you know, I'm sure you've had to do... The good old, you know, what's a difficult conversation you have to have in business? Oh, someone's got BO and we need to deal with it. I don't want to talk <laughs> about it because I feel... You know, I feel uncomfortable. Well, imagine how that poor person's feeling. So your, why is your comfort level even playing a part in that conversation? Suck it up, have the tough conversation and say what you need to say because you're going to help that other person not feel put down by others, not feel poked on by, poked at by others, not feel like they're doing a, even just giving them awareness is awesome. Mm. It's really funny. A lot of organisations say that people are our best asset but I call BS on that too because they're also our biggest cost, our biggest worry. It's the thing that keeps us out up at night. It's the biggest challenges that we have. It's the biggest biggest trigger of success or failure is the people that work with us, especially in sales environments and things like that that are going out there and making you money or not making you money. So people are our best asset. I, I don't agree with. It's the relationship between your people. It's the stuff in between. So mm-hmm. when you said you feel valued, you feel seen. When, I, when I'm feeling valued and feeling seen as an organisation, when my relationships between individuals in an organisation are working, it's the stuff in between. It's not the individuals, it's the relationship. When sales are working with marketing, that are working with the people that are doing their leads generation, that are working with accounting, that are working with their other sales people, that are working well with their customers, that are working well with their bosses, yeah. that are working, you know, that's when you're feeling valued, you're feeling seen. Yeah. That's when you're delivering your best. That's when people are your best asset. So it's not people are our best asset. When the relationships between our people are our best asset when they're working. It's interesting. How do you fix relationships? Yeah. yeah it's interesting that you actually bring up the, uh, you know, what's a hard conversation, someone got BO. Exactly that happened uh, in one of the uh, stores that I used to work at. And I had the conversation and I was very glad that I had the conversation because taking that outward mindset actually allowed me to understand from that person's point of view and learn about why that was a problem for them. And what I learned was that Uh, they were in a position of financial hardship and deodorant was the last thing 
on their priority yeah. list. It was yeah. $7 for a can of deodorant or $7 worth of food for their children. Yeah. So yeah. what that did amazing to create a better relationship was I said, well, you know what? This is an amazing opportunity because if there is one person in financial hardship, the likelihood is that there is more, right? Mm -hmm. So what can we as a business do to facilitate a culture that cares? And every store that I ever worked in after that, I installed, I, I went to Coles uh, and I wrote off, like, sorry, I, I went and bought personal hygiene products for, for men and women and we wrote off little uh, vanity units and every team bathroom had a vanity unit always stocked with personal hygiene products. That's great. And when I said that, it's awesome, not as in that poor person that was yeah, but imagine <laughs> what you would but how awesome is that conversation? Yeah, correct. And here's what here's what happens in other organisations that I've seen. Let's have a team meeting, and all stand around, and we all know the problem over here, but we're not going to say it. We're going to just say, "Hey guys, we know we all get a bit stinky at the end of the day, so it's, we're just going to have a generic conversation." I'm really talking about this guy. We're going to have a generic conversation about how we should all just use personal deodorant. We all good. And everyone's all standing around going. That guy. It's all about him, isn't it? It's all about, it's all about that guy. It's we all know. about that guy. And everyone's standing around going, yeah, yeah, we should use deodorant. Yeah, we should. And this guy standing there going, either A, going, oh, my God, I wish I could afford deodorant. Like how horrible would that situation be? Mm. For that individual standing there thinking, I would love to wear deodorant, but I can't afford it. Or they're sitting there going, yeah, they do need to do it. <laughs> they're completely oblivious. Oblivious. So that's <laughs> completely oblivious to the conversation that's going on. Everyone's thinking it's good old Danny over there that stinks, whatever. And Danny's standing there going, yeah, they, they do. You know, like how value add is that to a team? And then, and then, you know, there's the generic, you know, we'll put the can of spray out the back with the sign over it, please use before walking on the floor. And mm. everyone's going, geez, Danny needs to use it, but he doesn't. Rather all this work and effort and energy that's gone in to causing this and this angst that's been caused by the team and all the team pointing the finger and all that sort of stuff, whether it's just a conversation like you had, take your side, hey, hey, girlfriend, what's up? What's going on? We need to have a conversation here. What's up with the, the bit of the stink that's coming from you? Uh, you might want to say it a bit nicer than that, but <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And what, what's going, how, like even that, how are you? Are you all right? Like what's going on? Like just understanding that. Mm how much value does that to the relationship dealing with a problem quickly? A lot of people say, Oh, outward mindset, this whole seeing other people's people and consulting and innovation and collaboration. It takes so long. It doesn't mm -hmm. like, that's a perfect example of just seeing that person. You dealt with it in what? Three minutes, four minutes done. Hard conversation had, I've dealt with this situation. I saw you as a person, you add value to this organization. I want to have this chat with you. We had the chat. We had the conversation. It's done. Compared to how much time, effort, and energy would be, let's have a team meeting. Let's make posters. Let's send everyone through training. Yeah. Let's have conversations about that person. Let's create a culture where everyone's picking on poor Danny that stinks. You know, the like the effort and energy that the rigmarole. Some people say, oh, outward mindset takes too long. It takes the right amount of time, mm. not too long. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I um, I love that you are such an amazing advocate for, uh, you know, teaming up with Speaking the Arbinger Institute <laughs> for, you know, for this way of thinking because, you know, to be honest, when people say customers are our most important asset and I go, that's not me disagreeing, they are. You know, our team yeah. and our customers are our most important assets. And, uh, you know, as you explained earlier, that to get them to shift behaviour, you actually need to shift mindset. And it's funny that you talk about things like blame and deflection and, and all those things because what they are, at the core of it, is our ego. It's all and about our, me. Right, is our ego. And... And don't get me wrong, our ego plays a part and it is there to help us, uh, you know, get through certain situations. But it can also be an evil little fucker and it isn't always there with our um, best intentions at heart. And I think, you know, when we as human beings can create a human experience, you know, I talk about human experience quite a lot, uh, you know, but that human experience doesn't need to include a vicious ego. You know, that human experience needs to protect you, yes. But as Danny said, you know, if you're out there pointing the finger while you've got one finger pointed at whoever it is you think is to blame, there's three more pointing back at you. And, uh, you know, back in my day, we used to call that the, the mirror. You know, if something's going wrong, go stand in front of a mirror and you'll have your answer. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a commonality of all of your problems. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, you know, for, for a long, long time, I had a pretty, uh, and probably still do a little bit, you know, I have an inflated ego. I, you know, and I will admit that, but one of the core differences that you can see in somebody is if they at least are aware, oh, hang on a minute, I'm blaming them, that's my ego. You know, mm -hmm. oh, what can I do? to change that. You know, yes, people yeah. might have an ego and people might blame and, and whatnot, but then, you know, with people like Danny out in the world, helping us to understand how we can actually, yes, be aware of why I feel like this, but what now do I need to shift to create the right impact? There's, there's probably two really good points. I love the word blame because the when i when i blame others i excuse myself yes so that's one end of the scale when i blame others i excuse myself i don't have a i don't i didn't do that it was all their fault mm -hmm. here's the other flip side of that when i blame myself i excuse others yes that's true right, too so when i blame others i excuse myself when i blame mm -hmm. myself i excuse the others it's not their fault i did it so you've got to be careful here and thinking outwardly is now about me taking all of the blame Yes. No, it's about understanding what parts I may play. I love the word may play. What part might you play or have you played in this problem? There's this big dirty problem that's in front of us. Now, whether that's a breakdown in a relationship of marketing and sales or a customer that, that um, is demanding a refund or whatever it is, this is the problem that's in front of you. 
What part do you play in that? This whole big problem is not yours. You just don't pick up that big cinder block and put it on your lap and now go, oh, it's all about me. Because that's inward thinking. Oh, it was all my problem. Yeah. No, no. What part do you play in that? What of this giant cinder block are you going to chip away this corner and go, actually, I own this part. This is the part where I stuffed up. This is the part where I got wrong. This is the part where I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I might have led you poorly. I might have not given you the right instruction. I might not have given you the right freedom to do what it is. By me owning that part of the problem, mm. there's this still this big other problem is, then hopefully the other will pick up their part of the problem as well and mm. go, actually, hey, boss, thanks for saying that. Here's what I did in this. Rather than just pushing the cinder block over to you and going, this is all your problem. <laughs> or pulling the cinder block. Yeah, all pulling well, the cinder now. block over and putting it on your lap. Yeah, because <laughs> what, what are they going to do? You push the problem to them, what are they going to do? Mm. They're push just going to ignore else. it or say, or push it to someone else, or it's going to fall on the floor. You know, mm. it's going to. Oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> so you got to like be children. Yeah, not mine. Yeah. I so didn't you got to be it. really conscious of no. What part did you play, or might you play? Because you did play a part in it. Yeah, it's not all your fault, but some of it may be your fault. Yeah, and by having that awareness, that outward awareness, is just uh, just a breath. Like it's like it's just understanding, hey, I wonder what I'm doing here. It's the red flag that kind of waves its head and goes, hey, Danny, you're being a bit of an a-hole here. Have mm. a think about who you are and what you're doing in this situation. Yeah. I call the Arbinger work, the Arbinger work is the leg rope on the surfboard. If we're up and surfing and everything's going well and we're surfing the wave and our relationship's great, I don't need it. I don't need to start to think because I'm already seeing you as a person. We've got a great relationship. We're understanding each other's value. We're understanding what each other brings to the party. Everything's, we're surfing, all good. When that relationship fails, when we start to tumble, when we start to fall out of rhythm, when things start to, we, you know, we're in that wave getting chucked around, when we're looking for survival, that leg rope that's attached to our ankle tugs at it going this way to freedom this way to air, this way to a surfboard that's going to save your life. And that's what this work is, is kind of that I can feel that I'm, that this relationship's getting out of hand. I can feel that we're in this tumble. I need to, I need oxygen and breath. How do I get to that point? Bing, ding, ding, ask yourself some questions. And there's so many tools and models and theories and concepts in here to help with that. Yeah. To just get you out of that relationship what do you call it when you're caught in a wave? Spin cycle. <laughs> spin cycle. Relationship spin cycle. And I, you know what I love? Like just listening to you, how easily transitioned this can be, not just in business, but this is just, this is relationships. This is relationships in business, relationships in life. You know, it is so transferable to every yeah. aspect of your of your existence that, you know, like why wouldn't you want to learn how to be a better human? Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's some simple human truths to help us be better humans and help in our relationships. Because yeah. we're all waiting for the other to change. We're all, you know, husbands are waiting for wives to change. Wives are waiting for husbands to change. We're waiting for our kids to change. Kids are waiting for parents to change. Students, teachers, teachers, students, politicians, <laughs> constituents, constituents, politicians. Could be waiting a while. Yeah. Coronavirus, you know, so, so you know, everyone's pointing the finger waiting for the other to change, but what is it that we can do to change? I remember we rolled this out and we had a whole bunch of store owners and store leaders in, in the room and then this one woman said to his lovely lady, she said, Danny, 
it hasn't helped anything in business, but the soccer mums that I have to deal with on a, on every Saturday, you've just changed my whole relationship with them. She went home because it was a two day course. She went out that night, called them, saw it, came back the next morning and said, that woman that I've got a huge issue with, that other soccer mum that I've got a huge issue with, she was lovely. We had a great conversation. <laughs> so yeah, I've seen a play out. I've seen a play out in businesses and organizations and individuals and stuff. It's been great. I'm working with um, one IT director and he was talking about a relationship that he had with one of his direct reports. And this guy had 20 direct reports. Mm -hmm. One of his direct reports he had an issue with. And I said, how much is that relationship costing you? He said about 700 grand. I said, wow, that's a big, he goes, no, that's annually, 700 grand annually. That relationship that's broken is costing us 700 grand annually. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So in my mind, for okay, those just, listening, you know, I'm sitting here a little bit stunned, blinking my eyelids <laughs> seriously. So make sure I you said, come back and watch this on YouTube. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> seven hundred grand. I said grand. if you fix seven hundred grand. I said if you fix that relationship, how much would it make you? And he said, oh, it would make us about a million bucks. And I said, so you'd get the seven hundred grand back plus the three hundred four hundred grand back on top of that. He goes, no, 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 on top of. <laughs> so I said, if you fix this relationship, you could almost be making, saving 700 and making a million. So, so it's a million dollar relationship. I said, is it worth fixing now? And he went, yeah, probably. You know, so it's, it's, it's got some dollar figures attached to this. These, that's one relationship and he had 20 direct reports. Wow. So you can exponentially increase that cost and value and how much that's those fixing those relationships could save his organization and make yeah. his organization. Absolutely. What an ROI that is. Yeah. That's not a bad ROI. That's the best <laughs> one I've seen. That's the, that's the most expensive one I've seen. <laughs> for those who like numbers, that's a pretty impressive return yeah. on investment. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Oh, Danny, we are nearly out of time, but I just want to quickly ask you, talk to us very quickly about, uh, so when I have guests on the show, one of the questions that I ask them is to tell me what book they're reading. And I said that very excitedly, didn't I? Book they're reading. Uh, what book are you reading at the moment? It sounds very interesting to me. I can... I can promote two. I can promote two, and then I'll tell you about the one that I'm reading at the moment. Yes. Uh, these are the two that, that that one must read in regards to outward mindset. So there is the outward mindset by the Arbinger Institute, but this one is leadership and self deception. This is on the bestseller list a lot. It's on Audible.com. Uh, it's a really good read. Leadership and self deception. It's awesome. It's written as a narrative, so it's really easy to read. It's a really quick, a quick read with some great concepts in there and really understanding what the difference between seeing people as objects and seeing people as as uh, people is and about how I might deceive myself. So oh, that's the other one. But the one nice. I'm reading at the moment is called The Shit, The Shift. Uh, and it's really a story around um, Plum Healthcare. So Plum Healthcare, an American organization that go in and uh, buy up failing health organizations um, and, and fix them. And they fix them with taking outward mindset into the organization. And what's cool about it is that the they've gone like what's cool about it is two things. One is how relevant is it today to our health industry, to our aged care network, to 
to a bunch of stuff that probably needs to have a really good hard look at the cultures that they're creating and the environments that they're creating because that is a tough gig for anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a tough environment to be in with finances and blame and all that stuff. So like, it's just such an, some inward cultures created there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really cool about it is kind of this story that when they went in, anytime they went into, a, they bought a new organisation, a new business, the leaving party, the owners and the bosses that were being bought out would kind of produce a list to them and say, here's the, here's the top 10 people that you need to get rid of oh. uh, in, this, in an organisation for it to be successful. Hmm. They would take that list and not go out and fire them, but actually go out and have conversations with them and actually say, what is it that we're not doing right here and what is it that we need to fix? What is it that we need to, like, what's the fire, what's the freeze? Like, what do we need to get going more on and what do we need to stop doing? Um, My friend Luke Mathers talks about control-alt-delete, which I love. What do we need to control? What do we need to alternate and what do we need to delete? I love that. that with people, right? Yeah, you should get Luke on this podcast. He's, he's, oh. uh, uh, he's written a couple of books. He's great. Recommend, Luke, you can give me 10%. Uh, <laughs> he can, like, we know what 10% of nothing is, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but you, they, so they would go into these organisations and say, give us that list and we'll go and talk to them. And those 10 people that were on the fire list ended up being the best advocates because they would know what's going on they're probably bucking the system because they cared about where they worked, but they could see everything that was going wrong. So these people in your organization that are sometimes your biggest nightmare could be the ones that are giving you the biggest information and the biggest wow moments and the biggest things that we need to look at and fix. So yeah, it's a great book around, around that. Fascinating. That's a good one. Mm. I'm going to uh, certainly be downloading a few more books onto Audible. So what was that? What was the other one? Self-deception? So So leadership and self-deception. The outward mindset. Leadership. It's all by the Arbinger Institute, which I love that they don't kind of say this is written by Danny Ginsberg. This is written by us as a a collective, as a group. It's written by the Institute, not by an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've also written the anatomy of peace, which I don't have a copy of with me, but there's, so they've got three books. It's all on our, it's all on our website, which I know will be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so, but if you wanted to just a quick read, a good read, if you wanted to just jump in quickly and really understand this, this is the one that's had probably had the most impact on my life and people that have read this, I know have just gone, wow. And that's leadership and self-deception. Yeah. Um, it's just really awesome around that. How do we make that mindset? How do we, you know, one of the things is when you're thinking inwardly, you're justifying your actions because you know you haven't done right. So when you're justifying and seeking others to help you, you know there's probably something you've, you probably, that's the part of the problem you might have played. That's mm-hmm. what leadership and self-deception is all about. Because who are we really good at lying to? Ourselves. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. So it talks about why and how do you get out of that. So how do you, how do you shift from being inward to outward, which is, some cool stuff, which is just as simple as seeing people as people, asking some good questions, setting up some good processes. Uh, yeah, it's good. And uh, working towards creating some of my favourite things, better customer experience, better employee That's experience, it. and most importantly, a better human experience. That's right, because that's all we've got left. That is all we've got left. <laughs> got to make the most of it. Now, before I let you go... 
every one of my guests uh, gets to also tell me what it is that, which song it is that pumps them up for anything. And you, because you're amazing, have given me a song. Do you know, do you remember what you told me? I think I said it's Raining Men, but I'm not sure whether that was. <laughs> there was two there. <laughs> That's Homer Simpson's favourite song as well. Oh, no, it's Raining Men. <laughs> what did I give you? I can't, I've completely gone blank. Okay, I will, I will remind you. You did put It's Raining Men and then in brackets, big capital, lol. lol. <laughs> The second yes, song. It's Raining Man is a great song. It anyway. is a great song. What a tune. It is um, a great song. Yeah. The second song you gave me was Everybody by the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. See, there's that excitement. See, he's pumped yeah. ready for anything just at the yeah. thought of it. Now, you might not be aware, but uh, what I have been doing is with every participating contribution to uh, the songs. And so every time a guest tells me which song gets them pumped up for anything, I add that to my very own Spotify playlist that oh, how cool. I have made available for everyone who listens to the podcast and uh, goes and checks out the website valuedrivenbrand.com. So Danny Ginsberg, amazing gentleman, your song. Can I have every, two songs on your podcast? You can. I'm going to throw it in there. I'm even going to try and find the, the Homer Simpson version. I'm, uh, I'm adding those to the playlist. So when this goes live, your songs will also be added into the Spotify playlist. And at this point, it is, I've started to say, it is one of the most eclectic playlists I've ever, <laughs> ever experienced. I'm looking forward to having a look. We have yeah. techno, we have 70s, we have 80s, we have, uh, you know, you name it. We have some classical, we have, uh, we have like Mozart or someone in there as well. Like it's, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, it's off the chain. So thank you so much for your contribution to our Spotify no playlist. It, uh, is <laughs> I can't great, wait to look into this. Greatly great. appreciated. Yeah, you're going to have a blast to show you what. Um, I want to also say to anybody listening or watching uh, this podcast that if you are like I do, froth over what Danny's discussed with us today, the outward mindset, Danny is available to consult to your company and uh, in times like these, uh, you know, it can be a digital uh, digital consultation um, or if you're interested in learning more about the Arbinger Institute, I will be providing Danny's uh, contact details and website details on uh, the post for this podcast. So if you would like more information, all you need to do is head over to valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. And all of this amazing content is going to be there. We will make sure that the details on the books that Danny has discussed with us is also available and uh, any contact details so that you can become the advocate 
in your industry for outward mindset as well because that, my friends, is how we create a value-driven brand. Danny Ginsberg. Thank you. As always. Thank you. It's been fun. (laughs) Such a pleasure to catch up with you. I love hanging out. I learned so much new information and um, it's so wonderful to see that you are the, you know, the absolute epitome of an advocate of an outward mindset. And uh, I try. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the time. It's been fantastic. What a great way to catch up and uh, congratulations on the podcast and keep it going. And I look forward to the playlist. I certainly will. For everyone else, as I mentioned before, head over to valuedrivenbrand.com for more information on this podcast and how you can create your own value-driven brand. And until next week, go out and create value for somebody else in your life because what goes around comes around. I'm Aileen Day and this is the Value Driven Brand Podcast. Have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand Quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.